It's Pete Norsup here and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Trade on Sports and Focused on Football betting podcast. And as usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Well, fancy meeting you here, Peter. Crikey, it's come around quick, mate, hasn't it? Yes, it, it, it does seem to. However, it's it's been a reasonable break with the Euros and, and, and what have you. And uh, yeah, I, I'm pleased that we had that break, though, definitely. Yeah, me too. Wasn't you one of those characters trying to break into Wembley, was it, Pete? So that's <laughs> like a good day out in the capital. <laughs> no, uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, you know, I, I, I thought, um, yeah, I thought England, you know, did... did very well to get to the final injury, just just not good enough on the on uh, when it came to the when push came to shove, were they? Let, let's be honest. But over the last thirty odd years, I'd have snapped your hand off for a in the final. Just wasn't to be. I, I did think from that first game that I saw Italy, and I thought they might, you know, do an Italian job and get to the final. And then, yeah, but I think the best team in the tournament won. To be honest, and, and you can never really complain about that, can you? No, no. This season, what we're going to do, we're going to do things that uh, we got a, a, a thing for the for the listeners uh, and subscribers of uh, Trade on Sports and Focused on Football. When you go to the site, focusedonfootball.co.uk, obviously you see Jimmy's uh, uh, previews on the, the Premier League matches, League Two matches, European matches and, and the NFL. And what we decided to do... Um, We've got a free service for members. I've been running Trade On Sports ratings for a, for a number of years now, and, and, and everything's proved to the Smart Betting Club. Everything's been in profit. And what we're going to do, I'm going to offer my ratings. They're going to be the weekly football selections. There's going to be the NFL selections from, from my ratings. And also, I'm going to do uh, something a little bit different. I'm going to do a, a, a weekly accu- uh, accumulator or a, a weekly Yankee. Uh, from football selections from League Two and League One. And also I'm going to do uh, some unders selections from the uh, English leagues from Premier down to League Two. Jimmy, wh- what are you going to be offering the uh, uh, listeners? Yes, on the free service, Pete, and I keep saying the word free, and that's exactly what it is. Everything that I've previously released out to subscribers for a small charge is now going to be released on a on a weekly basis. I'm just going to look at giving out my best bets of the week, whether that be League Two, whether it be the Slovakian Premier League, Peter, whether it be a Premier League market. It is literally my best selections for the week. It's what I'll be betting personally. And I just think after, you know, everything that we've been through over the last couple of years, I've found how much I really enjoy doing this. And it's greater to me than the income that I can sort of receive from it. And I just want to share it. We've built up a really good community, haven't we, Pete? Lots of knowledgeable people interacting with us. And uh, we're just looking to give something back, really. And, And as I say, it's just going to be my best bets, people. And also what you'll be getting as well, Matt Ames, the trade on sports tennis trader. He's going to be giving out his NCAA and NFL selections, NCAA college uh, football. He's really done well over the last few seasons. So that is definitely worth uh, following. Also, well, Matt, just... Matt, Matt bets, in, bets on teams that I've never even heard of, Peter. Yeah, yeah. successful in doing it. I mean, this this goes to show my knowledge of it. I thought they were played on a bit of scrap land, these games, but they're in front of 90,000 people and things oh, like that, aren't they? Oh, Peter, you've never been to Vegas in football season, obviously. <laughs> no. you've obviously. You've obviously gone for those big boxing events and not gone in the sports, but when some Colorado state are playing Michigan, incredible scenes, mate. 
Now, we must say, um, on the Focused on Football site, uh, Jimmy uh, makes uh, uh, he, he makes a fee for everybody that signs up for the Trade on Sports in Play service. So that, that, that is how Jimmy gets his uh, money from that site, should anybody ask. But, but that's... Yeah, I have to say, I, I do recommend the tennis service especially. Um, I mean, all the, all the services are excellent, but I follow Matt and the tennis and it is top-notch. Whether you like to trade it or bet it outright, it really is, well, it's, it's good stuff, mate. Also, just to let everybody know, every selection on the free service that's sent out via uh, uh, the email it is also proofed by the Smart Betting Club. So everything that we send out is proofed. Anyway, what we're going to do, as, as we normally do, we're going to go through the Premier League matches. We'll be going through the Premier League matches uh, week after week. And also, what we do at the end of the podcast, we'll have a chat on various subjects. And, and this week, we're going to be talking about uh, Asian handicaps and why we choose to bet on the Asian handicaps. Anyway, let's start off with the, the first game of the, the season. Brentford at home to Arsenal. Arsenal away at Premier uh, promoted sides, 1-5, drawn two, lost three. When looking at promoted sides against teams that have finished between 5th and 11th, the record reads 27 home wins, 21 draws and 53 away wins. I think really the, this game is priced correctly, if, if anything. And I've got no real lean here, to be honest. Well, I might be completely wrong, Peter, but I, I sense Brentford are, are going to be a really well-set-up club to cope with life at this level. It's what their business model has enabled them to do. They've you know, improved consistently and cautiously every step of the way through solid player recruitment. And I think they will adapt to life at this top level well. I do think we need to have a look at what happened yesterday with crowds back in grounds. And I think they had a really big impact on home teams' levels of performance. Now, in League Two, which is my sort of area of expertise, there are only two away wins. And they were both at home teams where there's significant issues. So the home crowd were in it. They were really positive towards the players. And most home teams got a positive result. Now, this goal line opened two and three quarter goals, Pete. At that level, I was quite interested in taking a bit of the under because we know how Arteta likes to set up away from home. It's trended down to two and a quarter. I think the value's gone there. If I was looking to bet the match line, it would probably be a little bit of a lean to Brentford. But in, in all honesty, I do fully agree with you, Pete. This match and goal line is now priced bang on. Right, next up, we've got uh, Manchester United versus Leeds. Uh, last time two sides met, um, Manchester United won 6-2. Uh, at home to mid-table finishing sides, United's record reads 1-5, drawn two, lost three. They're coming up against a Leeds side who are away to top six finishing sides. Record's not brilliant. 1-2, drawn naught, lost four. When top uh, six finishing sides host mid-table finishing sides over the last five seasons, there's been 166 home wins, 44 draws and 30 away wins. If we look at the minus one goal handicap at the moment, there's been 111 uh, 
times the home team have covered that. In other words, they've won by two or more goals. There's been 55 times where the home team's won by one goal and 74 times where it's either been a draw or an away win. So on those stats, the, the, the home side, the top six uh, finishing sides look quite good. However, my ratings are suggesting there's some very good value here, Leeds, and I'm going to go Leeds plus one goal at 1.97. I also quite like the looks of uh, the unders line. The unders line was 3.25. It's gone down to three now. I'm not as keen on it, but I think the unders is pretty good as well. Well, in terms of what your general assessment of Leeds plus one, Pete, I think we need to just remember that Leeds didn't draw a single away game last season. They equaled that Premier League record. I think it was Spurs uh, one year that didn't gain a single, single solitary point away from home. It was either it's all bust as such. Away to top six finishing sides, they beat just Everton, Leicester and Man City. Under Solskjaer, though, this is a stat that flies a little bit under the radar. United have only won 25 of their 49 home games under Solskjaer. And that's not me limiting it to certain sort of types of opponent. That is against everybody. They only win 50% of their home games. You can get plus one on a side who, you know, we, we were very impressed with what Bielsa's team did last year. We know that United have recruited. They brought in Jaden Sancho, but of all the teams, United have been, you know, impacted probably far more than Leeds in terms of their pre-season with the Euros. I, I'm very reticent, Pete, in laying a goal or more with any team in the early weeks of the season because we don't really know what the impact of the Euros has had on teams. I'd rather be taking goals than receiving than laying them. So if I was going to bet this game, I'd be on your side, but I'm going to keep away from it. Burnley, Brighton next. Uh, recent head-to-heads, Burnley have 1-1. There's been two draws. Brighton have 1-1. Burnley at home to bottom six finishing sides. 1-4, drawn three, lost three. Brighton away at bottom six sides. 1-3, drawn three, lost four. Brighton, though, were one of the more... Although they finished bottom six, they were certainly one of the more improved sides. When bottom six finishing sides faced each other over the last five seasons, they certainly leaned to the home side. They've won 97. There's been 40 draws and 35 away wins. Burnley looked very good on the plus quarter handicap here. That's all I would say about that. But they, yeah, they, they look very good there. Is that you saying they look good, but you're not going to take them? <sighs> I've only just sort of... that the Burnley are value to win this game, but I'm not... Com- Completely convinced. I thought Brighton were much improved last year. Yeah, I'm going to take Burnley, Pete, plus a quarter of a goal here. I can't have this line. It's the XG maniacs um, doing the thing that they do. I think, what what did they say last year? The most uh, undervalued side in Europe. Um, They underperformed by 20-odd points against their XG ratings. And you can argue all day long about how... how good or bad you think XG is, they underperform their XG, Pete, because they've got Neil Malpay and Danny Welbeck up front, effectively, and they they perform a job for them in the system they play, but they're never going to score lots of goals. They've now lost their best defender, Ben White, to Arsenal. Burnley have only lost one of the eight meetings of the side since the Seagulls came into the top flight. And in the last few seasons... Burnley are 13-9-5 at home against bottom six sides. In the opening six games of the season, Brighton have gone 2-4-6, and six, 
on their travels with wins at just Newcastle and Watford. So their, their early season performance is pretty much in line with their full season performance. Yeah, I've got to take Burnley here, Pete. And I know it's a broken record, but uh, I'm going to take Sean Dyche's men. And this is where we'll come on to it a bit later with the Asians. You're receiving goals with a, with yeah. a trip that you don't think will lose. So, yeah. Bro, Interesting uh, stats here. Chelsea against Crystal Palace. Uh, Chelsea have won four of the uh, recent five meetings. That's Stamford Bridge Palace have won one. A home to mid-table sides... Chelsea's record reads, mid-table finishing size, reads 1-6 drawn, 3-loss, 1. They won all six by two or more goals. Palace away at top six finishing sides, 1-1 drawn, 2-loss, 7, of which six of those defeats were by two or more goals. Top six sides against mid-table finishing sides, 166 home wins, 44 um, draws, 30 away wins. When it comes to the minus one and a half goal handicap, the home side of 111. And the away side have cleared the handicap by 129. Very, I, I think there's some decent value Palace here. Just shy of me pulling the trigger on it, though. If the if the opening line are, the, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that Palace are a reasonable bet here. Would you be backing them if Roy Hodgson was still the manager? Or are you uh, simply going? Uh, it, it, I'm simply going off the numbers here. They're just shy of what I would use to pull the trigger. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the concern for me, Pete, is we're now moving into a completely new era at Crystal Palace. I have no idea what we're going to see from Patrick Vieira. What I do think is that by mid-September, our appreciation of what Roy Hodgson did at Sellers Park may have been elevated to a different level. Because when I look down that Palace playing staff, I'm not convinced they've got the personnel to be a very solid just below mid-table sort of side that never really gets in trouble. You have to balance up here the disruption to Chelsea start of the campaign of the Euros against the changing structure at Sellers Park. I've got no idea where to go, so I'm going to keep well away from it, Pete. But I'm, I'm warning people in terms of relying too much on past stats for Palace because this is going to be a totally different outfit with a different tactical perspective. This is a crazy game, really. This this uh, this next one, Everton against Southampton. Recent head-to-heads, uh, Everton have won three. Uh, there's been two draws. Uh, Everton at home to bottom six finishing sides. And this is where it goes funny. One four, drawn one, lost five. It seems to me Everton at home, the worse the opponent, the worse they play. Southampton were at mid-table finishing sides. Not great themselves. One two, drawn three, lost five. When it comes to mid-table uh, finishing sides, hoping, uh, hosting bottom six sides, 148 home wins, 52 draws, 40 away wins. On the minus half a goal handicap, that means there's 148 home uh, cover, 92 away. Looking at those stats, you did say that Everton should be fancied, but Maurice is suggesting some slight value uh, Southampton, but I'm going to leave this game alone. God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and who knows what this Everton side is going to look like with Rafa Benitez in charge. It's interesting to me here in terms of off the top of my head, and I will have to go back and do some research. We're still sort of six days away. Off the top of my head, I don't think Everton lost a game at home last season when they had crowds in attendance. I think they were obviously part of a pilot. Merseyside was in sort of different tiers. And they did have some games where they had crowds there and I don't think they lost and they've got a great record against Everton uh, against Southampton on home soil do you know who was in goal for Everton last time Southampton won at Goodison Park oh crikey I, I, I that I, Neville Southall 
Yes. Oh, crikey. It was 1997. They've not won in any of the last 17 trips in any competition there. And their goal scorers on that day, Kevin Davis and Matt Letizia. So you, you really are going against history here. And, you know, these are totally different teams and they've got different players who don't know this history. Um, and interestingly as well, we have this perception of Everton being quite high scoring potentially in, in games last season. But the last two seasons at Goodison Park, They've gone 16 and 10 to under two and a half goals in games against non-top six opposition. And now they've hired Rafa Benitez. Big lean to the under for me in this one, Pete, but I'm not pulling it. Leicester Wolves next. Uh, recent head-to-heads. Leicester have won two, has been one draw. Wolves naught. At home to mid-table finishing size. Leicester's record, they're a little bit like Everton, really, at home. Not great here. One four, draw naught, lost six. Wolves away at top six finishing, not great. One one, drawn two, lost seven. Top six finishing away at mid-table finishing, 166 home wins, 44 draws, 30 away wins. On their minus three quarters, they've won 111 by two or more, 55 by one, and there's the away side have drawn or won 74. Despite those uh, stats, uh, the value, the, I, I wouldn't back Leicester minus three quarters of goals. That's what I would say. I wouldn't say there's value rules, but I wouldn't be backing Leicester minus three quarters. I, I agree, Pete. Everything to me is pointing towards a Leicester win here. When I, I try and think about the sort of the way they play, what's happened over the summer, you can't read anything into Leicester's win yesterday in the Community Shield, but that victory against Man City it's not going to hurt them and we don't really know what Wolves are going to be like this season the move from one Portuguese manager to the next Fardy didn't go to the Euros so clearly he's going to be fit and firing and moving on from Nuno Espirito Santo is going to be difficult for Wolves you know last season we saw them sort of downtrend a little bit um, yeah I would certainly want if I was going to bet this game Pete I would want to back what I know in terms of Leicester rather than a bit of a leap of faith with Wolves. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Watford Villa next. Uh, Watford won the, the, the last uh, meeting of the two sides. At home to mid-table finishing sides, Watford won two, drawn three, lost five. But obviously, you've got to include the last time they are in the, the Premier League when they got relegated. Villa away at promoted sides. Good record. Won four, drawn, not lost one. Promoted sides at home to mid-table finishing sides. 116 matches, 39 home wins, 28 draws, 50 away wins. No value in the line. I, I'll leave this game alone. Well, I'm very surprised since we got the knowledge that Jack Grealish has moved to Man City that this line hasn't trended down to scratch. It's currently Watford plus a quarter. Normally, I'd be all over it and I'll be taking Watford plus a quarter. But as you quite rightly point out, Pete, in this spot, Villa are very good. 1-4, draw naught, lost one at newly promoted sides. I don't think they should be favoured in this game. I think it should probably be a toying cost. Um, but I'm not going to take them. I'm not going to take Watford here, Pete, I'm not sure what we're going to get from them. I'll probably regret it come the final whistle because I think Watford will probably get something again with the crowd in attendance, but I'm leaving it alone. 
Interesting game. Uh, looking here, Norwich against Liverpool. Liverpool won the last uh, fixture of the, the two sides at uh, Carrow Road. Home to top six finishing sides. Norwich's record's not bad. One, two, drawn, one, lost, three. Liverpool away at promoted, good record. One, eight, drawn, two, lost, naught. Promoted at home to top six finishing sides. Uh, home sides of 115. There's been 15 draws in the away side of 160. However, when you look at the plus one and a half goal handicap, the home side of one. 57 and the away side have covered it 33 despite those uh, uh stats that my race is suggesting some value liverpool but i think this you know norwich could it could be an interesting match this well and also those stats won't take into account pete the euros and in terms of players being eased back gradually now, if you remember back two seasons ago, I know we've done many seasons of this podcast now, but we made a fortune early on with Norwich and the overs, if you remember. And yeah. they were an absolute machine. They then tailed off and it appeared that Daniel Farker tried a different style, tried to win games tight. When they won the championship in 2018-19, they had a goal difference of plus 36 and they conceded 57 goals. They came up, they played that open, expansive style, got battered, went down again. Last season, they won the championship again. They had a goal difference of plus 39, so only three goals different, but they conceded 21 less goals. I think this Norwich side is going to play slightly differently now. I think they've learned that they can't play open and attractive as much as they want to. With Liverpool possibly easing into the season, I think there's some quite good value here, Pete, on under three and a quarter goals, and I'm going to take it. Newcastle, West Ham next. Uh, recent head has Newcastle 1-2. There's been one draw. Uh, West Ham are 1-1. At home to top six finishing size, Newcastle's record reads 1-2, drawn, one, lost seven. West Ham away at mid-table finishing sides. Not a good, bad record here. 1-5, drawn, two, lost three. Only lost three or ten. Good, good from West Ham recently. Mid-table finishing against top six finishing. 52 home wins, 49 draws, 139 away wins. I'm going to ignore that stat really though because because obviously we, we don't know what West Ham are going to do this year. We don't know what they're, you know, I think in personally West Ham, if they finish anything top half table, they've done well. No value in the line for me. Crikey, you've passed on Burnley and you've passed on Newcastle, both plus a quarter of a goal, I yeah. hope. Yeah. Incredible scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can't trust West Ham to continue the former last season. There's been huge amounts of apathy from their fan base towards the summer transfer dealings. Newcastle are 5-1 and 2 overall when the sides have made in recent seasons. One winning two, drawing one and losing one at St James's Park. Interestingly, each of those games went over two and a half goals and we did see at the back end of last season, Steve Bruce let the, the dogs of war attack in the final third. So we might see some goals in this game. St James's Park, been barren, been empty for over a year or whatever. This place will be bouncing I would be very surprised, and I mean very surprised, if West Ham were able to go in there and win the game. Newcastle receiving plus a quarter of a goal has to be the way I lean, and I'll probably also maybe just take a little bit of the over two and a halves. Spurs, Man City, 
next. Recently head to head, Spurs one three, Man City one two. At home to top six finishing sides, Spurs records reads one three, drawn two, lost five. City away at top half finishing sides, one five, drawn three, lost two. When top half finishing sides play top six finishing sides, 103 home wins, 67 draws. 100 away wins. When we look at the plus one goal handicap, the home side have covered it 170 times. There's been 43 pushes. In other words, the away side of one by one goal. 57 times the away side of one by two or more. So some big lean there on the general stats to the home side. I'm very surprised here. I don't see the value in Spurs plus one. And I'm a little bit surprised at that. I don't. I don't see any value, Pete. Um, now, people will say, yes, Spurs have played without Harry Kane before, but that was like putting a sticking plaster over a temporary sort of cut to your arm. They're going to have to rebuild. It, he's off to Manchester City, Pete. Now, how they adapt and move forward, who knows? Now, that you say they've won two of those recent games in North London, but off the top of my head, I think Mourinho was in charge for both of those games and they played very dour very stale tactics, um, typical Mourinho way, and they hit City on the break. Now, will Nuno do that? Probably, and, and we've seen in recent seasons, although they got beat, his Wolf side were beaten 3-1 and 4-1 last season. The previous campaign, they did actually earn a league double over City, although the home game is where I think City went down to 10 men and they came back from two down. And then at the Etihad, it was uh, Adama Traore on the break constantly hitting them I, I can't back, back Spurs in any game Pete to be perfectly honest until I see how they're going to move on from Harry Kane because let's be honest he is on the move we don't know what sort of side City will put out because they'll be feeling their way back in is it a must win game for City or well, no they know they've got the squad for the full course of the season they will win the league so I'm keeping well away right um Interesting first week. I'm going to go Leeds plus one at Manchester United. I I I do I I hear everything about Burnley at home to Brighton. I just think it looks too good to be true. That's that worries me. <laughs> well, I'm going to take the too good to be true. I'm going to have Burnley plus a quarter of a goal, and then I'm going to Carrow Road, and I'm going to take the under three and a quarter goals in Norwich v Liverpool. Excellent. Right. Well, and. Um, what we'll do before we go, we'll have a quick chat about um, the Asian handicaps. Because what a lot of people, what I, what I found in my experience, a lot of people don't understand Asian handicaps. And, and basically, I suppose what they're trying to do, the, the bookmakers are, are coming up a way to make the game 50-50. So they come up with these these lines and let's, let's deal, I'll deal with minus a quarter goal uh, line. This means effectively that, that, should the get should you win should your team win then you win your full stake should it be a draw then you only lose half a stake so uh, so you can if you don't think your team are going to lose you could sort of double up and then you know you lose if it's a draw you lose you know your uh, uh, you know two points however should your opposing side win then you lose two points so you've got to be careful i i basically state these though i i use one point uh, and I stake level stakes the whole way through, but but that that way you can see you know that you can be aggressive if you want to be. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to point out here, there's a perfect example here. And, well, it's not possibly a perfect example because they're a bit shorter than I'd like them to have been. But Salford yesterday at home to Leighton Orient. Salford only lost one game at home last season. But they have a, they have an issue scoring goals. I I was under no thoughts that they would lose the game. But because they, they don't score that many goals, I have a slight concern that they'll be able to take all three points. As it happened, they drew one all. So if you'd used the Asian on that game, you'd only have lost half your stake. And, and that's the kind of game that I really like to, to bet in. The ones where I'm pretty damn sure that the home team won't lose. Yes, yeah, and obviously you've seen as well with your bet this week, uh, Burnley Brighton. Uh, you know, the plus a quarter of a goal. You, you, so, in other words, if Burnley don't lose the game, you, you're collecting. Yeah, and and that's that's the flip side of this, where you you think, well, I can't see them losing, and even if they get a draw, instead of like having your stake returned or losing a bit, you actually receive a small amount. And I'll be honest, Pete, it's the quarter goal lines I'm I'm tending to get more attracted to rather than these minus one, minus one and a half. It's these quarter and three quarter goals that I quite like. Yes, it's I I mean, what we'll do as we go through uh, the podcasts uh, through the season, what we'll do, we'll explain our reasoning as as to why. We're, we're doing this. I mean, obviously, my my match here is Leeds plus one goal. So effectively, Leeds can still lose the game and you not lose uh, your bet. So if you go Leeds plus one and and Manchester United win by one goal, you get your money back. So for, for Leeds for, to collect, obviously, Leeds have either got to draw or win the match. Yeah. But to lose your money, Man United have got to win by two or more goals. Yeah, and once you start betting over that sort of half a goal line either way, you then get into that game theory of how close do you think the game will be? Because on these quarter goal lines and half goal lines, it's all about the actual result. Is a team going to win? Is a team going to draw? Then you start to get into sort of the the realms of, well, how big is the margin going to be come the end of the game? And that, again, is when you're pricing all the things in your mind resting players, taking players off, how long can teams keep the game tight? It's really fascinating to me in terms of, I never really used to get into Asians and again it was probably because I didn't really understand now I fully understand how they can be a really good part of your betting portfolio in terms of managing your risk. And I, I, I don't know about you Pete, I tend to do probably about 75-80% of my betting on them Yes, it's, mine is near, near, near enough all, uh, on, on the NFL it's all Asian handicap I, I, I very rarely go from the line, it's always the goal line or, or, or the match line um, obviously on the service that we're going to be doing this, this uh, you know, the trade on sports uh, and focused on football service, I will be putting in, like I said, those little those accumulators where they will be you know betting on the team to win the game or whatever. But they're, as I will explain, they're more, I wouldn't say a fun bet, but that they are, they are more, you know, a fun bet. This is sort of serious sort of stuff. If the game's roughly 50-50, 
the good thing about that is that you, you, you're losing runs. In theory, the maximum losing run you could have is about eight eight losers or something like that. So you're always sort of being in the game, and it's the consistency basically. Uh, if you can get fifty one winners and forty nine losers at even money, you, you're going to be on top. Yeah, and I, I know one of my good mates uh, bets horses. And he has a range between five to two and four to one, Pete, that he likes to bet on. But I tell you what, he goes on quite a lot of losing runs. And from a psychological perspective, it's quite difficult at times for him to keep pulling the trigger on the same stake level after he's had 11 losers. I mean, he can have three winners in a row and, and get all those funds back. And he often does. But betting these 50-50 handicap line shots from a psychological perspective, I think it's hard. Sorry, it's easier for you to deal with with results, to be honest. Right. People are going to ask, obviously, where do you bet these? Obviously, Pinnacle is the is the number one that, that they, they set the prices effectively. But obviously, people in Britain can't can't back, uh, you know, use Pinnacle. I, I would recommend Matchbook or Bet365 or Betfair. It, it, the, the, there's, it, Betfair aren't as big as, as, as Matchbook Matchbook seem to, to, to do most uh, of the games But Bet365, perfectly okay Yeah, Bet365, very solid Offer quite a lot of different alternative lines So, uh, for instance, I've got a bet this weekend The thinking six days ahead that I'm looking at Where it's minus one and a quarter uh, I'm actually wanting to take this team minus one and bet three six five offer quite competitive prices when you want to buy extra goals and um, and betfair it's getting more and more liquidity for games on the Asian markets. You sometimes have to wait quite near kickoff for that liquidity to to sort of arrive into the market, but it is there if you're patient. Yeah, just a, a, an interesting one for now uh, uh, as well, just to back up what I was saying here, really. Uh, Leeds plus one at the moment is 1.97 on Pinnacle. However, on Bet365, it's even money. So, you know, it, it's it's quite... They're quite competitive, you know, Bet365. But obviously, do you know, open a few accounts uh, and, and have a look around. Yeah, and this is where I know some of my mates and even some of my subscribers, they've told me they bet with a certain company. And I do advise people just have a few. And I'm not talking about having as many as I've had over the years in terms of like 30-odd accounts, because that's hard work to manage. But in terms of getting the extra value pay, that's an extra 3%. That 1.97 to 2.0. And if you can get 3% extra value on every single bet you make, it adds up over the year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, yes, it, it, it really does. So definitely shop around. Don't show loyalty. Shop around and get the best price that you can. Because exactly. I mean, because, makers I mean, won't be loyal to you. Bookmakers yeah. will not be loyal to you. Yes, yeah. I mean that that is a big difference, in my opinion. Betting leads even even money is a big big difference to betting them on one point nine five. No question about no question about that. Yeah. Right then, that um, that does it for us this week. We should be back, obviously, uh, next week with the second round of the Premier League, and we'll probably discuss something else as well. But like I say, head over to uh, focusedonfootball.co.uk and sign up for the free service. We we officially officially start the service this weekend 
Also, please go on to focusedonfootball.co.uk. Have a look at Jimmy's previews of the of the League Two, the Premier League. It, there are some really good stuff. And obviously, in a few weeks' time, the NFL will begin. Do you have anything to add, Jimmy? No, not really. Just I'd like, well, I'd like to add a couple of hours to the day, Pete, once the yeah. NFL season starts. But no, I think it's going to be a fantastic season. Um, really looking forward to working with everybody and love the interaction that we get. We've got, as I said earlier, we've got some really knowledgeable and inquisitive subscribers and, and listeners who actually make us feel a bit more intelligent sometimes with the questions yeah. they ask. And then we think about things and we, and we, oh yeah, never thought of that. So yeah, keep all that interaction coming, folks, because we love it. Right then, we shall speak to you next week and uh, good luck for the first week of the Premier League. Best of luck, everybody.